if you do think you have a problem, there is something that's holding you back. And my biggest piece of advice, I think, would be to not listen to that thing that's holding you back and to just do it. Because it's been the best journey of my life. I went from wine and tequila to mocktails and espresso. My name is Mari Demers, and each week I'll be talking about what it's like to live alcohol-free. You are listening to Sober Like a Boss, where I'll be having authentic conversations about living substance-free in a culture obsessed with alcohol. I have my best friend Coco here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, but first, say hi. Hi, everyone. This is Coco, and I'm here on my best friend's podcast because she's fucking killing it a life. Thanks. Um, you're killing it, too. Let's quickly talk okay. about how we know each other. Okay. I know the story of how we met. Do you remember the story of how we met? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mari and I were in the same sorority, and... We were both sophomores when we rushed, and normally you're in, like, the freshman pledge class. So we were in, like, a group chat with all of the sophomores that were in our pledge class. And then I was, like, blacked out as fuck, like, downtown. And I remember running into you at Publico, but I don't know who you were with. But I don't remember any of this. I just remember running into you at Publico, like, a couple weeks after – first night out oh i was like and then you like (laughs) saved me and got me home wait really in an uber i guess yeah and then fast forward like two or three days you saw me blacked out as hell downtown and then i was like okay let me put this bitch in an uber (laughs) and then i was like all right we party the same let's be friends (laughs) so basically we met in tri delta now we're both sober so like that says a lot. <laughs> First of all, I'm so proud of you. I'm not just saying that. Let's talk about you. What's your story? How did you get sober? What was it like? Well, I think my drinking problem began when I started drinking in high school. Like as soon as I started partying, that's when my problem began. I was always the most drunk. And I liked getting that drunk because I thought it gave me a level of, like, confidence that um, that I didn't have without alcohol. Yeah, and then I would, I don't know, party hard. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think, like, for me, I didn't really realize anything was wrong until my 2020 spiral, which was, like, the fastest spiral <laughs> ever. May of 2020 was probably the worst month of my fucking life. Yeah, that was um there was a lot of different things happening, but the main thing that kind of caused my spiral was graduating and not having a plan, not having a job lined up, not knowing what I was supposed to be doing, and I was comparing like my situation to a lot of other people's who were like had a Yeah, plan. like had a plan, had what they were doing, had a job lined up, had grad school lined up. And that really messed with me, I guess. And I was just making one bad decision after another. (laughs) Then I went to go visit my friends in 
at school in Columbia in January. And was I that kind this of, January? Yeah. Yeah. That was like. I know. Feels like forever ago. Yeah. My. I stayed with one of my guy friends the day before I drove down and we were kind of, he was venting to me about something and was kind of just like, like, I don't understand how people can be graduated and not be trying to like get a job or do anything or like whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, like I totally get that. Meanwhile, in my head, I was like, you are literally like adding me so hard without even realizing it. I was like, wow, like this guy who I used to party with all the time and like do all the same things I used to do and like always be down for a good time, like had his shit so together. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you just switch? Yeah. I was like, how did you do, like, how did you switch? How aren't you getting drunk every single night? And, like, and it's easy looking. Like, it yeah, looks easy. It looked so easy. And then that was, like, in my head all weekend. And just some things happened. And some things. <laughs> I realized, was well, watching this documentary with my friends. We were hungover, coming down, a bunch of different shit. And... There was this girl in it who was using alcohol to, like, mask all of her problems. This girl was just using alcohol to mask all of her problems. And you see throughout the series. And it's a true – it's a true documentary. It's like a docu – It's a docu-series. So it's, like, ten episodes long. And you watch her just, like, go from such a powerful force to dying of a heroin overdose. And And it all started from alcohol, right? Yeah, and it all started from alcohol and coke. And I was like, holy fuck, this is so going to be me. And then when I was driving home the next day, I was just crying. And I decided to get sober. And I've been sober ever since. Yeah, aren't you? How many days is it it today? 76. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah, because I said I was going to do it before. But I never said I was going to do it. Like, when I would say, I would text Mario all the time. And I'd be like, I'm cutting back. I'm cutting back. Yeah. But I never cut back. And um, but when I was talking to you about it, I kind of said I was just done for good. Like it wasn't gonna be a cutback, it was gonna be no more, no more, no more alcohol. <laughs> and I also think because I remember you said, Oh, like my cap is four. We were watching a show last night and he this guy got sober, but he was drinking now and then. I feel like it's just easier almost to just cut it out because like the mental process of saying like okay I can do a few drinks or like trying to cap it or trying to control it is just exhausting because it's almost impossible yeah I because I was doing that my therapist she was kind of like you need to cap yourself at four drinks and you need to have a water in between and if you don't if you aren't able to do that then you're gonna have to be sober and I was like well I'm definitely not fucking being sober yeah so I would do the cap and it was annoying because yeah I was capping myself at four but I didn't want to it was just such a mental battle for me to be like all right you're stopping at four there's no more after four like so you need to pace yourself which I don't do at all either yeah I when I drink I want to get drunk like I want to be so fucking drunk and when you drink four drinks that doesn't happen so it's there's not really a point for me. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like when we drank, because me and you drank a lot together, we just like drank to get fucked up, which was the norm at USC. But me and you would always like take it too far. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. 
but it was just never like a leisurely thing. I was just on vacation and the people that I was with, they were drinking. They had like one drink at dinner and then, or like two, and they literally took the whole hour to finish it. So I'm like, okay, people that don't have a problem can just do that. Whereas if I was at that table or if you were, like we would be chugging and then we'd be like, can we have shots? Yeah. Like it would never just be like a calm. Like I went, I went to my coworkers had like a, had everybody from work over, which is just like our leadership staff. So there was like seven of us and they were doing like a little post work happy hour on her terrace and everyone there we were I was there for about an hour and a half and so the most one person drank in that hour and a half was three drinks and I was like okay if I was there in that hour and a half I would definitely have drank three drinks within the first 30 minutes yeah like you kind of know you have a problem substance issue When you're chugging or you're, it's never mindful or controlled. It just gets out of control. And sometimes I think like, even when you're telling me that story, I'm like, and in my life too, I'm like, damn, the amount of situations that I've been in sober now, I'm like, if I was drunk in that situation, I don't even know what would have happened. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I think about that with work, especially. I like my coworkers. I always think I'm like, if I was still drinking now, we definitely would have gone to like happy hour and I definitely would have been like so plastered yeah or like said something or yeah said something done something yeah when did you acknowledge that you needed to be sober like what was the last straw for you over the course of 2020 a bunch of just different things happened where after they did happen I would think to myself like hey maybe you should cut back hey like you need to stop drinking and I just didn't but that was still always in the back of my mind it's like a snowball effect like you just thought about it more and more as more shitty things happened I think that after my weekend in Columbia I was kind of just like all right I'm not in college anymore. Like, this isn't my life anymore. Like, I need to get my shit together. So, like, one thing after another. Yeah. Building up. Yeah. And I always thought, too, about in the future, I'm like, if my drinking is this bad and, like, my wanting to, like, be crazy is this bad now, like, it's only going to get worse. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, shit, I don't want to have kids and make them suffer the wrath of my issues. Or just down the line, like, I don't want to get a divorce because of my drinking or something like that. My mom and my stepdad don't really drink. They don't drink at dinner. They just really don't drink. And I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, if I have kids, which like big if, (laughs) but if I have kids, it's just like alcohol isn't really a big thing in my household. But if I did keep drinking and stuff, like it would definitely have been a big thing Mm-hmm. in like not my childhood household but like my household that I build yeah that you create that just sounds like a recipe for disaster yeah <laughs> like for both of us or just anybody who has drinking issues I already kind of talked about this before but I acknowledged I needed to be sober like a lot like you said like a snowball effect of this is happening or I did this and I feel guilty or ashamed about it or I feel like shit, I know it's out of control, but I was just tired of feeling so shitty all the time. I was like, there's no way I can keep like bargaining. Oh, I'll cut back or this. It's like, 
I knew I had to just like completely stop. And so when Mari got sober, I did not understand <laughs> why she got sober, why she want like I didn't get it because we drink the exact same and I don't have a problem. So I don't understand why you think you have a problem. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I didn't get any of it at all not even in the slightest yeah yeah shit just kept happening (laughs) yeah i was like well maybe maybe i do actually have a problem (laughs) it's one of those things i think that everybody you have to let them figure it out on themselves because like if i was you like hey i think you have a problem you wouldn't have you probably would have been like i don't know well i think because you got sober in july so i think even in july i like obviously i had a problem but the things I was doing weren't as extreme as the yeah. things that I would have down the line had yeah. <laughs> that I was doing in like December. Yeah, and it shows up different for everybody. And like alcoholism like affects everybody generally the same, but not everybody has the same things that are happening to them. And everybody's sober journey is different. Everyone's bottom is different. Yeah. Even if you're sober, like if you get sober, you might not have even hit like your lowest bottom ever, but you hit a bottom that was low enough for you that you were like, okay, I need to change. Yeah. Like something needs to happen because this is not it. Your sobriety, your program, it's yours. Just because someone else doesn't think you have a problem doesn't mean you don't. Like, it's your program. It's what you feel. That's so important because I remember forever I was like, I put the power of deciding if I had a problem or not in, like, my therapists or people around me. Like, my friends in school were like, you don't have a problem. And my even one of my therapists was like, you don't have a problem. And I was getting so frustrated because I was like, can somebody just tell me I do so that I can take the steps I need to? And then I was like, wait a second, people are all going to have different opinions and say different things for whatever reason. But like the fact that I'm feeling this way about it speaks volumes. You don't need somebody else to tell you what you are and what you're not. Like, you know what you need. For the first 90 days of sobriety, you tell, (laughs) you you talk about this. Um, Well, I haven't actually finished my whole 90 days, but being within your first 90 days, It's a lot different than being out of your first 90 days. When I first got sober that first week, I didn't tell anybody. Oh, I told Mari and I told my high school friends and that's it. I was afraid if I told people from college or just people that I have mostly a drinking relationship with Mm -hmm. that the friendship would change And I didn't want it to change. And I was kind of holding on to that. But then I kind of got over it. And everybody that I told was like, (laughs) I also expected everybody when I told them that I had a problem for them to be like, or that I was in AA and being sober, I expected them to be like, no, you don't have a problem. Like, what are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I could be like, okay, yeah, fuck that. I don't have a problem. But every single person I told (laughs) was like, oh, I think this is really good for you. Oh, (laughs) like, I do think you should be sober. Like, all this shit. And I was like, oh, okay, well. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me this earlier? I guess I'm staying in the program. So my first 24 hours were actually my easiest, which is not – not true for everybody. Um, They were my easiest because I was kind of just like, all right, I'm going to do this, whatever. And then day two came along and I was like, well, fuck this. I I really want to drink. 
And it really is like a one day at a time program. Like some days I'm very fuck alcohol. I would never put that shit in my body again. And then literally 30 minutes later, I'm like, (laughs) well, God damn, I wish I had a whole box of white wine (laughs) and I could just be guzzling it right now. So after my first seven days, I was like, this is such a fucking cult, like blah, 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 because a lot of the program is like having a higher power and just letting something greater than yourself um, take control of your day. Like you're not in control. You need to like let go and have someone else be in control. And it can literally be anything. Be anything. Like it doesn't have to be God. Um, it can be like the universe. Yeah. It could literally be plants. Like it doesn't, Michael as Jackson. long as it's not yourself, it doesn't matter. But they use God as just like kind of just like a big umbrella thing. So I was like, I didn't go through physical withdrawal, but I went through an emotional withdrawal. And I also was hearing things, which is common. But Mm -hmm. I went through an emotional withdrawal of alcohol, which a lot of the reason why I drank was because I don't like feeling things. So if I'm stressed, I drank. If I was sad, I drank. If even if I was happy, I drank. Once your body doesn't have alcohol in it anymore, it's kind of like like what do I put in? What do I now? do now? Like you're just feeling all of these things that you were so numb to, and that was kind of hard. But I agree. There was like there was a week where I was literally just crying over everything. I remember that you were like, I can't stop crying. Yeah, I could not stop crying. Yeah, but it's honestly overall, it's been really good for me. I struggle with depression and normally like I would have a depressive episode once a week and now I have it like maybe once a month, like not even. Yeah, because alcohol literally like you have depression, I have anxiety, like drinking just like lights that on fire. Yeah. Makes it so much worse. Yeah. And I also lost like 15 pounds of alcohol weight. Yeah. Which was insane because I didn't even really think I was drinking that much or that that much alcohol was like affecting me. Yeah. You don't realize like what you're putting in you until you're not doing it anymore. And I would think like, oh, I don't drink that much or like, oh, I'm drinking. I would go out and get like tequila sodas. Be like, I'm so healthy. Yeah. (laughs) But like, really, it adds up because you're consuming that like a few times a week at least. Like, did you drink every day? No. I'm still kind of struggling with accepting the fact I have a problem. Like, I do know I have a problem. It's just kind of a denial thing. And my sponsor was like, okay, I want you to think like when exactly did you like how often were you drinking like if you had a terrible night and you were horribly hungover like when would you start drinking again and I was like the next day like as soon Mm -hmm. as the hangover's over and she was like okay well like that not normal like my fourth of July hangover I was puking from 7 a.m to 5 p.m and I couldn't keep anything down and the next day I was drinking with my friends like you would think there would be a pause of a moment, but there isn't. Yeah. And it's like, even when you're throwing up and all that, the alcohol is still in your body. Like you're still processing all that. Yeah. Out of- I compare out a lot where yeah. I'm like, okay, I was just drinking that much because it was college or, oh, like my friends still drink them. And when you graduate college, 
normal drinkers are able to flip that switch where it's like, okay, I'm not binge drinking all the time, like whatever. And like, I really wasn't. Also, just because someone's drinking the same amount as you doesn't mean they're feeling the same exact way as you. Yeah. So I use it to chase this feeling, this euphoric feeling. And kind of, it just made me feel as if I wasn't depressed anymore. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the person that I was when I was drinking. But as an alcoholic, I don't feel alcohol as a depressant. I feel it as a stimulant. Mm-hmm. Like it gets me going. Yeah. Whereas I have friends who will drink and they get tired, sleepy, they'll cry, like things like that. And that just never happened to me. I was so on the go. <laughs> yeah. It was hard for me at the beginning to have my friends be hanging out and them invite me and me not be able to go. Yeah, that's really hard. Like all my high school friends went to visit one of our friends at school and I didn't go because it was my first, like I wasn't even 30 days in. And I knew if I put myself in that situation, I would either drink or I'd have the worst time because everyone would be drinking and I would just be so stressed about not drinking. I think that's huge. Especially in your first 90 days, I remember that was like the turning point for me when like learning how to say no to things that I really truly thought I wanted to be doing, like going out on a boat with my friends or like going to a brewery and they're not going to understand your needs. So like you have to be the one to set those boundaries and be like, no, like I can't do this because if I go, I'm going to be miserable or I'm going to end up slipping and like end up drinking. Right. So like it sucks, but it's like. You got to do it. Like, I wouldn't mind going to a brewery or a winery with um, friends if it was very casual. We weren't brewery or winery hopping. It was just like we were there for two hours. I'd bring Coke. The drink. Oh, my gosh. Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I would bring Coca-Cola and they could drink. Like That wouldn't really now that wouldn't bother me whereas that would have bothered me if i was in my first 30 days yeah because i would be wanting to drink with them where now it doesn't really matter but i also won't go to pre-games or parties with my friends because Mm -hmm. i don't want to drink anymore i want to be sober and for me it's not fun to be around when i visited mari and she was sober and i wasn't i knew like we've already been talking at that point that I could have like a possible issue a possible problem (laughs) and I didn't want her to think that so when I was with her I would drink a single bottle I was with you for like a couple days like not just a weekend it was like three or four days yeah I would drink a single bottle by myself but I would drink it over the course of like six hours or something and I was so fucking proud of myself for that and one day like I didn't even drink all of it like whatever and with that moderation like my sponsor always tells me that like when we drink and we're moderating in front of people who think we have a problem or who will judge the way we drink we moderate our alcohol consumption in front of people that think we could possibly have a problem or would just say something if they saw how much we drank because then we prove to them that we don't have a problem and then we can drink how we want which is just something that stuck with me because i think that's really fucking true i would moderate 
the hell out of my drinking in front of my mom or my family or Mari (laughs) to prove to them that nothing was really wrong and that I could drink however the hell I wanted, which that's not how I wanted to drink, but it could get there. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. It's like you're proving something to yourself. So some people are comfortable doing things later in their sobriety and some people aren't. And when you're in your first 90 days, at least I know for me and like for you, we had to say no to things that we were used to saying yes to before about like going to visit so-and-so and and you knew they were going to be drinking. You had to be like, no, I can't go. So a lot of the reason why people don't want to get sober is because your friends are still drinking. You have FOMO. uh, You're afraid of going through withdrawal. You don't really think you have a problem, et cetera. But I mean, I still do get FOMO, but a lot of the things that I say no to now, it's not because I have to, like it's because I want to say no. When my friends went to go visit our friend at college, I said no because I had to, because I knew if I went, I would drink. And I was actually serious about becoming sober. So I knew if I put myself in that position, I would be drunk and my friend was she was like you can come and be sober like that's fine like no one like we won't pressure you or anything and that's not it's not that's not like it was very nice of her to say that's just not how it works for me like it doesn't matter if you pressure me or not if everyone's partying I'm going to want to drink whereas now if someone invited me to like (laughs) When this guy invited me to a party, I said no because, well, I still wanted to go. But it just doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it just isn't. I wanted to go specifically for him, but overall, I didn't want to go because I don't want to be sitting around people who are drunk and doing drugs and stuff when I'm... It's not your life anymore. Like, that's just not what you do. That's not what we do. And this kind of goes into last week I ta- or the other week I talked about sober dating, but like didn't really get super into like the nitty gritty of it. But that's a whole nother thing. Now that what we like to do has changed and it doesn't involve getting fucked up or feeling like shit or like going to a party or going to a brewery. It's like when you date guys sober, it's just a whole nother Oh, it's so different. Yeah. I went on a date with this guy like last week. (laughs) (laughs) I was freaking out because it was my first time going on a date sober. Normally I pregame. It's just fucking scary. Yeah. And I wasn't nervous because I don't really think any guy I talk to is going to go anywhere. And they all party. So I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. So I wasn't nervous, but I was shitting my pants because I was anxious about the awkwardness that would like be coming from myself. I was afraid that I, since I didn't have liquid courage or whatever, that I would be so awkward. You don't have that crutch to like fill those silences with. Yeah. And it went fine. He actually reminded me a lot of myself before I got sober, which (laughs) is the problem. Which means run. Yeah, he parties a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so disappointing because like I know when you were telling me and I was like, damn, because I remember the first date I went on and 
I knew like deep down, I just had this gut feeling. I was like, this is just not going to work. Like this kid drinks and he likes to party, which is fine. But like, I don't do that anymore. And I so badly wanted it to work or for them to be like, I'll never drink again for you, which never happens. Never. I wanted him to do that shit too. Didn't. Oh, well, you like changed me. Like, I don't want to drink because of you. But really, that's just not going to happen. Like, and it might. It might. I don't know. When, I mean, he was 27, where. so that prefrontal cortex is already, yeah, you know, he's, he's done. <laughs> I, like, I personally don't mind dating someone who drinks, but I think there's a big difference between drinking and partying. Like, yeah. if you want to go get a beer, you want to go to happy hour, like, that's fine. But if you're drunk Friday and Saturday and hungover on Sunday, Like, Mm -hmm. you're just not the one for me. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, everybody's dating preferences vary. Exactly what we were talking about earlier with, like, what you want to do varies and what you're comfortable saying yes to varies just depending on you and your sobriety. Like, I know somebody who her boyfriend drinks and she doesn't mind because it doesn't, like, change him and he he doesn't really drink that much. Right. And he drinks like a normal person can. Which I think it just takes time to figure out, like, what you like and, like, what you're okay with and what you're not. And I think I could be with somebody who, like, drinks occasionally. But not somebody, like you said, who parties. Because that just changes the dynamic. It's so easy to catch red flags Mm -hmm. when you're on dates now. Because for the past 76 days, I've just been working on myself. Which, oh my gosh, it's so much self-improvement. Like, I can't. so much. Uh, thanks. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it's just so – it's honestly like it's it's fun, but it's exhausting. And it's like completely different than what you've ever done. Right. And now when I go on a date with someone or I'm talking to a guy, most of the time now it doesn't even get to the date part because they've already hit some sort of red flag yeah. in the talking part that just pisses me off. Or I'm just like absolutely not. I'm sounding so mean right now. No, you're not. <laughs> it's true because, like, you're not drunk, so you're literally not letting things slide. Yeah, I don't let anything slide anymore. And I don't really need someone filled with red flags because I am currently a walking red flag and I need – I'm working on myself to be, like, a cooler color, like, pink. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't – want to be with someone who's also a walking red flag like we don't need that toxic energy no and Mm-mm. even just like going on that like talking with that guy and I mean I he we still kind of talk but whenever I talk with him I like get this little urge to go back into my toxic partying ways which is why I need to cut him off yeah he's we're working off. on it um it takes time but it's just so different dating sober because you're not having drunk sex with anyone anymore. You're no. not looking to fill this void with men anymore. Mm-hmm. And your standards just go up so much and you don't want to deal with bullshit. any bullshit. Like I would rather just not have a guy in my life for the next however many years I'm alive. <laughs> Then have one that just depresses me. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's like, I don't want to put my time and energy into somebody who's, eh, not eh, but somebody who is not on the same page, who has partying tendencies, like, who just doesn't align with my lifestyle. It's just a waste of time. And like you said, the bullshit meters, it goes off so quick. Like, 
even on Hinge or whatever, I'll be like talking to somebody for like 2.5 seconds and immediately I'm just so turned off or uninterested by like something they said that reminds me of or like just shows they're probably a party or like you scroll and they're like, chugging a like 20 ounce beer oh in my their God, profile. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like no. next. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah. And it sometimes feels lonely and like discouraging, but I don't know. With the whole higher power thing, I'm like, okay, like. God doesn't want a bitch to be lonely forever. <laughs> so so hopefully one day they'll come along. But like you said, it's just like a period of growing and like really figuring out who you are. Like who is Coco and what is she like and what won't she put up with? So dating's just like, oh, it's like practice. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And sex. <laughs> but I'll tell you. Okay. I'm just being very honest. I talked to this guy once who was sober, actually, and just a heads up, just because they're sober doesn't mean they're um, level-headed, which usually I think they are, but this one I... I bet you 20 bucks he listens to this podcast, and he's going to be, like, blowing up your voicemail again. Oh, my God. Marvin's room style. (laughs) (laughs) This guy I met on Hinge, and he... I was like, cool, he's sober. He'd been sober for, like, a year or something. He seemed really cool. Then he ended up being, like like actually crazy and started emailing me and stuff whatever and we had sex (laughs) and it was the first time I had sober sex and I was like this is so scary yeah but like honestly it was kind of empowering because I was like I remember it and you know it wasn't that bad (laughs) whereas like when you're drunk you wake up and you're like oh my god or what did I do? It's just like you think you're so much hotter when you're like having drunk sex, but really, like looking back, I can't imagine what it looked right? like. You think you're hotter and you think, and okay, yeah, you do get the confidence and yeah. whatever from alcohol, but I, I never enjoyed having sober sex when I was drinking. And that's because I had insecurities with my body and with myself whereas now like if I am having sober sex with someone it's more empowering for me because I'm like I don't need alcohol to think I'm hot I don't need alcohol to have confidence like I'm a hot fucking bad bitch and I don't need to be drunk for someone to think that or for me to be confident in myself i struggle with the same thing and i think like drinking too helped me feel more confident with boys and now i'm kind of like i know what i want i know what i like i'm not blind to the fact that i'm still growing but i'm so much more okay with myself and like when it comes to sex it's not perfect sometimes i'm not like wow like i am a bad bitch (laughs) like i'm sometimes catch myself being self-conscious in some ways but then I'm like wait this is so much better than being drunk and like having that false confidence that's really not coming from like who I am it's coming from alcohol yeah but it's been a while (laughs) (laughs) some things we did drunk that we do sober so sex and dating like dates for me are scary personally but like again it's practice and it gets a little easier every time and hanging out with friends. Like, I'll go out to lunch with people and I get anxiety. But before, I would go out with my roommates to, like, Jake's and get fucked up. Yeah. I've realized while being sober that a lot of the things I would do with my friends would be 
all centered around alcohol. Every time we hung out, we'd be getting drinks. We'd be going to a brewery or winery. We would just be drinking at home together. We'd have a wine night, things like that. And it's hard being, especially when you're in your first 90 days, it is hard because you're cutting out alcohol. So you're cutting out that part and you're still trying to navigate your way through your own sobriety. So you aren't really hanging out with your friends Mm -hmm. as much. So it does get lonely, but it's so lonely sometimes. <laughs> but don't be discouraged. It does get lonely because you see all your friends on the weekends posting snaps of them drinking or whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm not doing that. And I don't want to do that. But you get stuck in this, well, what else do I do as a 22-year-old? Yeah. What else am I going to do when I'm hanging out with my friends? And – person well I mean I have no friends that is not true (laughs) so I don't really struggle that much with this because my work schedule and just my schedule Monday through Friday kind of doesn't really leave me time to hang out with anyone anyways and then on Saturday and Sunday that's kind of when I feel more lonely but I've started to reach out to more sober people yeah and which has been really fun and I get to see them and we do fun sober things yeah it's like you have to build your own community of people because like yeah of course like i still have friends who drink and like i still love them to death and we talk but we don't do the same things that we used to do so you it's really crucial to like have people that are in the same position as you or like and like you said we're 22 it's hard living in this time because our culture is so obsessed with going out to breweries or doing this like not that that's a bad thing but it's like there are other things to do so it's kind of a matter of navigating like what what do I do now and yeah like I I just started really going out to eat a lot more (laughs) like now I don't go out for drinks I go out to get food or go for a walk or Also, we're in a fucking pandemic still, so that kind of makes everything feel even more lonely than I think it would if things were normal. Yeah. Now that I'm sober and not as depressed, still depressed, but not (laughs) as depressed, I have a list on my phone of different things that I want to do or learn before I die now that I'm sober and won't really – be hungover or have some sort of excuse to not do it Mm -hmm. or be a depressed mess in my bed. And I create this list as I just see random things going on or like something just sparks in my head because it's good to have reminders of, hey, there is way more to life than drinking. There's so much more. I think if you think drinking is the only thing you're like really missing out. Because before I totally thought I was literally like I associated alcohol with fun. I need to be drinking to be having fun. And now that I reflect, I'm like, I wasn't actually having fun. I mean, there were moments of fun because I wasn't like present. So I thought it was fun. But now it's like there are things you can learn how to. Also, just being sober brings so many opportunities that would have never come up if you were drinking like we would never be doing this podcast together right now i know we have been together for the weekend and we did the most sober activities ever i loved it it was so funny because uh if we were hanging out this time last year we would be drinking wine we 
would definitely have done some weird fucking shit this weekend. But it's been so fun just like hanging out with someone who's also sober, but also someone that you're so close with and that knew you before yeah. you got sober. Which is it's so fun to cool. Reflect. And it's so like, it's just super nice to have somebody that gets it. We literally sat around, we colored. I colored Beyonce. It was literally yeah. a swirl that you just had to color in one big swirl and it made Beyonce. That's fucking amazing. And I colored Amy Winehouse and we baked a cake and watched Summer House on Bravo. Bravo has saved me in my times of boredom. We're about to go to the beach. It's just very refreshing. It is. Having a day. Like, part of the reason I was so scared of becoming sober was that drinking was my world. It was how I had fun. It was how I connected with people, how I got over feelings. And I was, it was my best friend. (laughs) And when you take that away, you kind of just think, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to have fun? How am I supposed to meet people? How am I supposed to live? And you just learn throughout the days that alcohol wasn't your friend. Mm -mm. Alcohol Uh, hated you. Yeah. Like every bad thing, every shitty decision I've ever made was while drinking. Yeah. Now it's just like I do so much more and alcohol has no spot in my life. Yeah, like it doesn't control me anymore. It's put away. What would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who is thinking about sobriety, questioning if they had a problem? Like, what would you tell them? Well, for starters, if you do think you have a problem, go 30 days without drinking and see how much weight you lose. Because if you lose a fuck ton of weight, you have a fucking problem. But if you don't lose any weight. I don't know (laughs) if that's the best advice to give. I'm serious. I literally lost like. 15 pounds rapid i think i might have actually lost more than that because i don't rapid because <laughs> i okay don't listen to me um my <laughs> biggest piece of advice i think for somebody who thinks they have a problem or wants to get sober is you need to think about what's stopping you from becoming sober for me it was the fear of not having fun because my world was alcohol so when you take that away what what's left that was my fear my one of our friends fear was going through withdrawal if you do think you have a problem there is something that's holding you back and my biggest piece of advice I think would be to not listen to that thing that's holding you back and to just do it because it's been the best journey of my life I'd have to say yeah And you just feel so different and you are different and you shouldn't let something that you're scared of be the reason why you don't have the best life possible. As my sponsor would say, you give up one thing to have everything. Yes. I I love that. She's the best. Gabby, if you're listening, like, you are my world. <laughs> uh, you replace alcohol. It's now you. Like, <laughs> So we're going to like tell you all some really incredible things men have said to us while we have told them that we are sober dating wise. Yeah. So we've said, hey, we don't drink. We're sober. Or your, your alcohol is going to affect this. 
depending on how far they actually got. I love this one. This guy said this to me. I kind of anticipated this being an issue. Mari was like, yeah, your drinking is way too aggressive for me on this. And he literally was like, uh, yeah, I kind of anticipated this being an issue. Um, <laughs> I literally, I don't even, like, I think I was literally just like, I don't drink and, like, I don't expect you to change your drinking habits. But, like, they're not vibing with me. And, like, this is not for me. And, you know. Whatever. It just shows you, like, how much alcohol is so important to people. <laughs> um, This guy, <laughs> I told him that his partying was kind of a lot for me. And he goes, TBH, I vibe with you. But for real, for real, I do drink. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure who talks like that. But <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> but for real, for real, uh, okay. He also... <laughs> was like please drop your sponsor and i'll be your sponsor with a little like sexual emoji thing and i was like good god i would have murdered that kid i know i literally responded i was like you're so lucky you didn't send this to my friend she would have verbally assaulted you (laughs) oh so you're not fun anymore oh my god i hate that someone tells you that they're that they're sober and you say oh so you're boring oh so you're not fun um this is rude okay would you rather me literally beat the fuck out of you drunk because (laughs) i mean that's what you want like okay uh... this guy said he's actually one of my friends he goes good for you do you still want to smoke though and Um, i was like no baby sober is everything i don't i don't do drugs anymore (laughs) um this guy asked me well i told him that i was sober and i didn't want to go get drinks and he goes how long do you plan on being sober and i was like well um not in the two days that we were supposed to get drinks like i'm still gonna be sober then uh hopefully i will be sober forever with no relapse well thanks so much kogo for just coming on and shining like the star you are dude i'm so happy that i bullied you to let me be on this (laughs) i needed you on here i am so proud of you no shit though i'm so proud of you too (laughs) all right thanks so much for listening to this episode and make sure you all go listen to all of her episodes she's a fucking rock star thanks hype queen (laughs) also if you like this episode or any of them or if you just like care to do something good today please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on my podcast, follow Sober Like a Boss on Instagram while I'll keep you updated with sober content and inspiration.